As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome. Are you comfortable? Good. You have found the true source for cycling's mediocrity. You have found Backfiller. The Backfiller podcast will help you achieve bicycle bliss, two-wheeled tranquility, or at least the simple ability to smile at the silly sports you regularly attempt to conquer. The Pack Filler Podcast is hosted by a has-been who cannot climb. You can contact the show through Facebook, Twitter, or emailing us at info at packfiller.com. And now, sit back, ignore responsibility and training, and enjoy the Pack Filler Podcast. Hey, the classics are here. Thank God for that. I need the motivation to stop getting fat. You like how I rhyme that? I truly think Michael Jackson's best work was Thriller. Can you tell I'm running out of rhymes for Pack Filler? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pack Filler Podcast. I am Pat Bulger in the studios, ABM. 
If you don't know what ABM is by this time, uh, you haven't been listening for a while, so uh, I recommend you you take this like a walking dead uh, catch-up marathon, and you go back and you actually download about 15 pack filler podcasts and, and get your ass caught up because I'm not here to hold your hand, people. I'm not here. No, I'm taking. I, I'm in charge, all right? It's your job to go and do the homework. I'm not going to take care of you. That's it. No, it's tough love. It's tough love. I'm sorry. Welcome to the online source for cycling commentary from a biased has-been. That is me. I'm Pat Bulger. I am a biased has-been. And um, when I cannot do something very well, I just sit on a microphone and talk about people who can do things very well. Um, and so here we are, another episode of the Pack Filler Podcast. It's been a little bit of time, but a lot of stuff has happened in the last several weeks. Here, boy, I just figured it was probably time I got my ass to a microphone and, and got caught up. And I've been hearing a lot of it. Well, hearing. You can't hear an email unless you get one of those really cool voice operated things. But anyway, I digress. Um, and I've been get, receiving a lot of emails from people saying, what the hell? Are you guys going to do one of those pack filler? Not <laughs> Shit. Are you going to do one of those uh, podcast things and just you know do about... 30 episodes and then quit and then disappear and your your podcast still stays rated on iTunes because Apple never updates that shit. And because, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of crap out there. But I'm not stopping. We're not stopping. And um, so there you go. We're here. And our sponsors are helping us stay here. Uh, big thanks to Elephant Bicycles. Uh, Glenn Copas over at Elephant Bikes. Oh, man, I still love this bike. And um, if you have ever had the dream of riding custom steel, Glenn Copas is your man, elephantbikes.com. Beautiful rolling works of art. Mine is Iron Man Red Orange. It's, it's, I see, I don't think Iron Man is truly red. You know, I think uh, in the movies they made it more red. I think it should be more orange. And that's what we went for when we bought these uh, this paint job for this bike. And it's a great bike. It's a cyclocross bike, but... I've been using it quite a bit lately, and and in fact, I've got a story as to the most recent use we put into the Elephant Cyclocross bike, and I'll get to that here in a minute. And in order to do get to that in a minute, I do have to mention our other sponsor, The Sufferfest. If you have not listened to this show, you, again, catch up. You, If you have listened to this show, you've definitely heard me mention the Sufferfest. I think I mentioned it before every single episode. If we have not been sponsored by the Sufferfest uh, since the outset, we probably are darn near close. Uh, Dave McQuillan over the Sufferfest, um, I'm going to mention those guys as truly special sponsors of this show because one of the topics on is going to be uh, regards to both of those very products. All right? Yes, I'm wearing myself out a little bit, but this was all self-guided and self-manipulated. So we're going to talk about those here as the show progresses. So go to our website, packfiller.com. Click on the links for Elephant Bikes or the Sufferfest. Get the videos. Build a bike. Live the life you know you've been destined for. You know you're just a shallow shell of your formal self until you have an entire collection of Sufferfest videos and a stable full of elephant bikes. That sounds slutty enough. Was I hoary there? That makes me thirsty being that dirty. Here, hold on just a second. Red Chair is ale of the evening. Uh, seasonal ale by the folks over at Deschute Brewing Company. It pisses me off that it's seasonal because it's good. And uh, they're only going to give it to us for a little bit longer. I don't know why it's just a winter thing, but get on their website and tell them to make more. If you if you haven't had it, it's it's delicious. I I love it. It's delicious. No, they don't sponsor me, so I'm not doing anything about that. So um 
kind of tweaking with format and uh, with the with the podcast since I've been doing a lot of these ABM shows. I thought I'd be kind of making a little bit of a different structure rather than just marking myself bantering and then going into our topic and then to the rant. We're going to still keep the topic in the rant, but I've got a couple more little segments here that we're going to include in the show just to kind of play with the timeliness of what's going on. And um, and I, you know me, if you've if you've not quit saying if you've listened to the show, um, I like to rank things. I like to rate things, and uh, because I'm a very judgmental person when it comes down to it, fatty. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to have a ranking section every time. So we're going to go for, with some headlines. We're going to go with our topic. We're going to go to the top five section of the show, and then we're going to end up with a rant. So uh, we'll see how long it takes. You know, Mark and I have a tendency to go an hour, hour fifteen. No, to see, you know, how the, how that goes. So, um, headline, well, actually, let's just start with a little what's new, you know, kind of getting caught up. Uh, for those of you who've been tuning in, shut the fuck up, Pat, quit saying that. Um, that is a catchphrase. Somebody tell me how many times I say that. You should drink every time I mention if you've ever listened to the show before. Um, uh, the, the 2G1D Spring Brink Junior Camp. The junior team is a real thing, campers, folks. So, um, I just want to throw out that I'm 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 coaching. <laughs> I know um, a spring break camp here in Spokangelis. If you have any interest in sending a kid our directions, April seventh to the eleventh. Check it out on two G one D Events dot com. So there we go. Okay, why did I mention at the top of the show those two specific sponsors? Here's where we go. Okay, I think I yeah I did last episode. I did a preview of what was coming of quite possibly one of the dumbest things I have ever done to myself. Um, I've been mentioning the fact that I've just, actually, I'm kind of starting to get into some of this endurance-style racing. It's really, it's, it's, it's really stupid. It's, it's pushing yourself beyond what you normally would. If you've just been a road racer or a mountain bike racer, you're, you're used to some of those specific distance types of events, a crit, you know, it's usually going to be about an hour plus or something like that. And you're going to be just going balls out. Um, road races, uh, cross country mountain bike races. So those are the kind of things I've been doing. And I've been getting into some of these longer things. Um, and I, I think I'm going to try and challenge myself a little bit more in that. But this was, in all honesty, one of the weirdest and toughest things I've ever done in my life. On March 8th, I attempted Sufferlandrian knighthood. Uh, and what that is, is 10 Sufferfest videos back-to-back. I talked about this on the show. If you've ever listened to the show before. Um, and the funny thing is, I think, it, I think if you've never done a Sufferfest video before, you don't really understand what they're all about. And if you have done a Sufferfest video before, you, you know that they're hard. And, and 10 in a row is, is borderline... Death March. It, it was so. Anyway, there are some people on Facebook. You know, I've been doing the tour stuff for Landry. I, I compete in these. Okay, this isn't just because Dave's been throwing us a couple shekels when somebody sells a video. Um, I've been doing the Sufferfest videos for a very long time, and um, I, I got onto the Facebook group and did the tour stuff for Landry and stuff like that. And and there are some people who I shall remain nameless who put me into a group for knighthood planning committee. Okay, this is not what like what it sounds like. It's not like we have board meetings or something like that and sit on chairs made of nails. No, we uh it's it's basically you're supposed to 
okay, suck up and, and admit to the fact that you got to do this to yourself, and you plan a knighthood attempt. And so I thought, oh, shit, here I go. Here I am, just a poacher in a Facebook group. No, fine, fuck it, I'll do it, okay? March 8th was the day I said I was going to do it. It felt long enough away. You know, it's one of those things. You keep thinking, oh, shit, I got plenty of time. Give me another beer. Um, and then it came. It, it, it got closer and closer, and I thought, to, kept thinking to myself, oh, shit, I got to do this. You know, I got I to gotta do this. And um, and as my point was, I, I was getting to that. I was very, I was getting worried about it as it came up. And my wife kept looking at me because she's not a Sufferlandrian. Son's done some videos. My wife kept looking at me going, what's the big deal? God, why, you know, for, you know, the night before the attempt, God, why are you going to bed so early, pussy? You know, have a glass of wine or something like that. I can't, I can't, honey, I can't. I'm going to be on my bike for 11 and a half hours. And she thought, 11 and a half hours just riding your bike, you're not going to be in pain. You're not going to suffer. You're going to, your ass is going to suffer and you're going to, you know, walk funny for a while. Um, but what's the big deal? You're going to die of boredom. She didn't understand what these efforts are like. And if you know what these videos are like, hey, they're brutal. You know, you're going. It's intervals. It's sprints. It's all this kind of stuff. So 10 in a row with only 10 minutes rest in between. You got to get your shit together, okay? I, I had the studio in here. I um, I streamed the whole thing. So if you guys, you know, find it on the website, great. I don't know if you'd want to watch me suffering for 11 and a half hours. But I streamed the whole thing and had the, had the headset mic on and stuff like that. <laughs> Who wanted to hear that? I don't know. I, I, I felt fairly coherent for the first several videos. And then I don't know. The rest is probably just speaking in tongues. Um, started at 7 a.m. Okay. Um, and uh, had the whole studio kind of dialed up. I had a table set with a lot of food on it. Race food, um, you know, hammer nutrition stuff, uh, that kind of stuff. Because I, I like Heed and I like some of those other products that they have. And I added a couple other things there. Um, bananas, you know, good old traditional energy food. And um, so things were good. Started at 7 a.m. Good friend of mine, uh, Kathy Stevens, came in for videos three and four. And Michelle, my wife, joined me for video number seven. She had done one before. Um, first video I get going and, you know, it was pretty early in the morning. My wife comes down, she looks at me and I'm kind of going hard. And it was rubber glove. Uh, the first one is that test, that FTP test. And I'm kind of going, you know, at a good clip and she goes, God, you better slow down. I said, honey, you don't understand. You don't slow down. You have to do the pace of the videos. I had it set up on trainer road. Um, for those of you who know about trainer road, it's a great, great training software online. Um, so I had it on there and you have to stick your numbers. You have to stick FTP numbers, right? She's going to slow down, man. You're going to hurt yourself. No shit, sweetheart. That's, that's the point. That's why I went to bed so early. That's why I've been such an asshole the last nine days because I've been terrified about doing this. <laughs> so finished the first video, second and third, Kathy was in here. Uh, we chatted quite a bit, you know, when we weren't going too hard or something like that, you know, in between intervals. And, um, and then she left and, um, when I got up to video five, that was when everything really went to the shitbox. Um, in my cycling career, I've been I've been racing bikes since 1982. Yeah, I'll pause for that. I'm racing bikes since 1982. In my day, we didn't have your carbon fiber. Everything was made out of Rocks and grass. 
and the bones of the fallen before us. Uh, no, so um, race tent, nineteen eighty-two. I have never been a cramper. Okay, I've never had to deal with cramps. I kind of felt bloaty and crampy. No, um, in one one-hour video, I had both calves go on me. Both at different times. the The left calf went first, and fortunately, it was it was right at one of those rest in between intervals. So you have like three minutes recovery in between intervals, and pow! It's like I felt like Nancy Kerrigan. Why, why, why? And I, I couldn't point point my toe. No, my toe was pointed, and I couldn't bring it back up. I mean, it was that. Ugh. You know, it's, everything just froze. For those who, who cramp on a regular basis, you're probably thinking to me, looking at your iPod or phone, or going, "Yeah, you pussy, come on, I do this all the time. I don't drink. I'm not hydrated." Um, and it went, it popped, and I just, I had to click that foot out, which is very painful when your calf is locked up, and I had to pedal with one leg because with Trainer Road, if you stop pedaling, the workout stops, and you can't do that. This is. This is knighthood. You got to keep it going. All right. So I kept the left leg going, the the right leg going. And by just about the time the interval, next interval had to start, I got it enough so I could bring my toe back up and get it into the pedal and start the interval. And I got the interval going. And about eight minutes later, pop goes to the right. Um, I'm not doing well at this point. Right went, did the kind of the same thing. Um, the right recovered a little quicker. And, oh, my God, what a horrible experience. I mean, I would quit life if I had those guys. Or those poor assholes who get those cramps in the middle of the night. If I had that sensation in my calf in the middle of the night, oh, my God. I I don't know what. I'd cut my legs off. I mean, that is what a horrible way to wake up. That is the worst nightmare it's the equivalent of Freddy Krueger stabbing you in your dreams. It was it was terrible. And so I got it going, and I got the other calf going, and I got through that video. Um, and in between, I told you there's 10 minutes in between rides. So it was literally, I was wa- hobbling around the studio here like I had violated by a two-by-four. I mean, I was looking hilarious. It was like a double-legged, pig-legged pirate just trying to get around. And... um just had to keep on it. It was at that point in video six, I think five or six, that I really didn't think I was going to make it. I was starting to question the legitimacy of this. You know, this is six hours in, and um, I haven't gone anywhere that long. And so I just, I just was dying. I was suffering through it. I was doing anything I could to make it happen. And uh, for some reason, between video seven and eight, I was able to kind of gain. And um, between video six and seven, I was able to kind of get some perspective. And Michelle came in and she hopped on the stationary bike, which is a piece of shit. And she rode her first Sufferfest video. And I, I had a point, I had a, a way to focus on something else. And was able to get through those next two. And once you get to eight, you, you the light is at the end of the tunnel. I mean, it's not like go to the light, Caroline, but it's it's or you know what dead people see. Um, but it was okay. Shit, I think I can do this. I think I can make this. So I get the 
those uh, the last videos, and I, I was in such a daze. Michelle and uh, my son, they had to leave after video seven. They had to go. They had, my son had soccer practice. They had to take off. So I'm flying solo for the last videos, and it, they were tough. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was I was just trying to you know maintain those numbers as best I could. And you you know after that while it's kind of like hitting the wall in a marathon. For those of you who run a marathon. You you kind of get into that mindset, and now you're into that endurance mode, and your brain just is functioning on that and that alone. So much though that um that I I lost count of how many videos I'd done. I was on my ninth video, and I thought it was the tenth. And I'm given my acceptance speech at the Oscars over the <laughs> wireless, over the podcast. I was, you know, hey, God, this was tough. I, you know, I, I, if I offer any advice and, oh, speaking of which, um, when I got the cramps, my wife and I had heard and read on Facebook that pickle juice was one of the ways you can, you can make it out of cramps. You guys, pickle juice is the worst tasting thing in the world, but it worked. It, that was what got me through those videos. A, a banana and, and a full like cup and a half of pickle juice. My wife brought it in. It was the worst thing I've ever done to myself. I don't know if I'll ever eat a pickle again, but I think all that sodium got down there and it, and it helped those out. And oh, shit. I might carry a flask of pickle juice with me. I'm, I'm serious. If you see me in a race, say, Pat, you got the pickle juice. I'll, I'll have it. I'll probably have it because it would, oh, shit, it saved my ass, you guys. But anyway, ninth video. I'm 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 acting all cocky. I'm you know I'm I'm doing my last intervals. Look at me, I did it. I'm a knight. Call me Sir Pat, bitch, and all this stuff. And I sit down after that video, all proud of myself. Hobble over, sit down, and I'm thinking, oh God, it's time for a beer. And I go online, and I'm looking at my videos, and I'm looking at Trainer Road, and I'm going, shit, I did it. Look at that count. I'm down nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, nine. And then I looked at Facebook, and Facebook was coming alive. I had um, one of the previous nights um, who was kind enough to, you know, hey, dipshit, you got one more. I had Revolver left to do, one of the, one of the harder videos, I think. And fortunately, I saw that, and my paranoia had helped me, re- you know, just do that final countdown. I hopped on the bike about eight and a half minutes after I finished the last video, I, which was good. I had 10, and I had to do that one more video. I, in most cases, I think I would have cried knowing I had that one more to do, but I was laughing at myself so hard in my state of delirium that I was able to do it. And I thought about it as I was in, halfway into that video going, oh my God, if I would have done nine and walked away and slept like a baby and then got up the next morning. I never would have forgiven myself. I never would have forgiven myself. But anyway, knighthood. I've 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 done it. Will I do it again? Damn no. Hell no. Hell no. Um that was brutal. I mean, I think total in mileage I ended up around 160 miles one day inside in the studio, staring at the computer, listening to the music I didn't really know. Which some of the music's pretty good. I'm not going to bash Dave. He's got some good good music selections, and you know it's nothing you know because you got royalties and stuff like that. But there's some there's some all right tunes. I might take some of those with me after I you know 
talk my way off out of the trauma. So, if you all would please, you know, refer to me now if you see me somewhere as as Sir Pat, that would be great. Um, I did it to raise money for the junior team, and we raised about six hundred bucks for the junior team for uh, for kits, for jerseys, for entry fees, and um, which was great. And I want to take a second and thank the people who had donated to that. That's huge. Um, none of it's going in pocket; it's all going to these kids who who I've been coaching and um, we've got the jerseys kind of designed and we've got some fun sponsors that are coming on and helping us out. But um, those are equipment sponsors, you know, and they're, no, they're not free equipment. Nothing's free. And um, getting these, getting these jerseys on the kids and getting them to races is the most important part. And, and so thanks. Thanks to those donations. If you still feel, um, you'd like to help us out, it's on 2G1DEvents.com, and you can donate there. Thanks a lot, you guys. Um, all right, moving on. Headlines, headlines, headlines. Milan San Remo was yesterday. Katusha's Alexander Kristoff won the event, so which means the classics are here. And no, I don't count Het Volk, even though they don't call it Het Volk anymore. And um, I am grateful that the, that the classics are here, and I'm grateful for three things after my experience with Milan San Remo. First of all, I found it online. That was not one of the things I'm grateful for, but I found it online. And um, uh, to Comcast in Spokane, you guys are assholes for dropping Universal Sports. I can't see any of the classics. And I, it really pisses me off as a bike racer not being able to see these races. It reminds me of when I was a kid and we had to wait for the next issue of Velo News or Winning to come out, which was, you know, 40 days after the event happened. But it was great to finally see it. So the three things I'm happy for, in no particular order. This is not my countdown list. First thing is um, Cavendish did not win. Sorry to my UK listeners. Um, I have a strong aversion to Cavendish. I'm not 100% sure why. Um, I just don't get a good vibe on him. I just don't like him. He bugs me. He rubs me the wrong way. And I really, I think it might have been part of the reason because Paul and um, Phil and Paul on the broadcast are, are so, it seems like they have their head so far up Cav's ass that they can taste his prostate. It just seems that they love him so much and they don't stop talking about him. And we're hearing from his girlfriend. We're hearing from all this other stuff. And then uh, guys like Kittle, you, you never hear from, or the other sprinters, you know. So I, I, I was glad Cab didn't win. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's the nicest guy in the world. I'd love to find out if he's the nicest guy in the world. The first thing I was happy for was that, the Cab didn't win. Second of all, um, I, I, I'm grateful for realizing that, that Fabian Cancellara, a great writer, but what a big baby. At least he was yesterday, okay? He was quoted as saying he wasn't interested in attacking just for the show of drama in a race. Um, hence, he didn't go with Nibali on the on the Cipressa. He, um, he wants the race to be harder. He wants the course to be harder. And actually, what I'm thankful for is that the big baby is right. Um, I think uh, some of the classics, and, and Perry Nice, we saw it in Perry Nice. They're turning into almost these sprinter stages, these sprinter races. And... I don't know if it's the level of cycling that's gone up. Please, no drugs. Please, no drugs. Please, no drugs. Or just that, um, I don't know. It seems like the races are, are not hard enough. And I think the deal with Milan San Remo this year was the fact that the course was changed due to weather concerns. Um, but I miss, and it started around the Zobel years. 
sorry if I'm losing some of the new cyclists or triathletes, started in the Zobel years where Eric Zobel was dominating and it became the Sprinter's Classic. I miss the Moreno-Argentines attacks on the climb. I miss the Sean Kellys bridging the gap on the descent and winning the stage past Argentine. Um, and even Jalabert and those guys, um, I miss those days when those races were won on those glorious, glorious attacks. Um, and so that was, that was, I guess my third thing I was happy for it was that there was an attack. Nibali at least tried something. Um, and, and I hope that Milan San Remo go, come, finds a way to get back to its original style and becomes something other than a, a early season Perry tour, which I think Perry tour is boring as hell. Um, so that's Milan San Remo. Perry Nice also held recently boring in my eyes. I'm tired of sprinter style events. Um, one by Carlos uh, Betancourt from AG2R. And I, if you say the same thing after saying his name, who, as I do, um, I don't think you're alone. Um, I don't know Carlos. I, I have never heard of him. Um, I, I, maybe I need to do more research. Uh, drop me a line if you know who Carlos, Carlos is. Um, Torino Adriatico, one by Abu Alberto Contador. Uh, whoa, that's... Um, Maybe we're seeing something back. Maybe um, he's on to Spanish chicken instead of Spanish beef. But um, I'm, you know, cool. I, is he my favorite guy? No, but and you'll find out about that in the rant. You know, not all of our, not all the great writers should be our favorite guys. Okay, there are our headlines. There's our headlines. There's what's going on. Oh yeah, looking at the clock here. I don't want to rant too long. And I also want some red chair. Uh, topic of the day. So I had um, I had a uh, a couple emails uh, regarding preseason preparation, and some were specifically bashing me for using weights for so long into the season. Um, I'm not going to mention the name, but this this person focused around the notion that the best cycling training being cycling. Absolutely, I agree with you. Uh, the best cycling training is cycling. And it was asking me what I'm doing in the weight room. You know, am I trying to flex for the ladies? I don't need to flex for the ladies because nobody needs to see that. Um, but um, I, I, a lot of the things I do in the weight room are for total fitness. And, and in the winter, I think that's the time to build total fitness for injury prevention, not just silence, cycling-specific imbalance can lead towards group, you know, for specific groups, just cycling-related uh, muscle groups can lead to injury. And, um, and it got me thinking when people were asking me about that, you know, and, and spring training and, and the notion that, um, I think is, is somewhat bunk in that, um, I've noticed this time of year, this is the time of year everybody's getting ready for their prospective goals, right? And I'm hearing news of, uh, you know, I'm seeing on Facebook, some friends, stuff like that, going to training camps with their teams, some guys going out there doing epic, epic rides. I'm hearing of 200-plus-mile weeks. I go on to Strava, and I see guys that are, you know, this time of year doing 70, 80, 90-milers. And, um, I, again, rhetorical completely because I know you can't respond to me except through email later on after I've recorded the show. But why are people doing 80 to 90-mile rides when your longest race is rarely over 60 or 70? Okay, I'm talking about the average racer here. You know, your masters, which the sport has become. Let's not bullshit it. Uh, cat three, fours, even cat twos. Um, you're going to have some longer races, but, you know, how often? How often are they going that far? 
we've reached this new concept of training, folks, quality over quantity. If you have no events that go over four hours, why would you be out there training six? I hear countless stories of riders doing 90 milers that are getting dropped in the myriad of crits and circuit races that make up the regional calendar. Look at your calendars. Look at your training, your, your racing calendars over the season. How many of you are out there doing 80, 90 mile road races? Some of you might, and okay, you can probably tell me to go to hell and I'd, I'd appreciate that. But, um, they're not the, on a majority. I mean, you're doing a lot, at least American racing, you know, help me out all my friends overseas. We're seeing criteriums. We see circuit races. We see, you know, if you're, if you're doing any kind of a stage race, it's, it's, it's going to be shorter distances. It's going to be over a weekend unless you're a fully supported sponsored rider and you're going to some of these bigger races. You know, our longest race in the calendar is the Cascade Cycling Classic, and I think that's, what, four or five days? And, and you're, yeah, you're going to have some road stages, but they're, I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing these guys out there doing these junk miles. And it's just ticking away, four or five plus hours. And I'm going, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to go out there that far. Are they base miles? Sure. But if if they are base miles, when do you have your base? When can you build upon it? Unless you're planning for a specific endurance event, I think you can get your base doing tempo work. And you can do it shorter increments. Build that intensity for the tempo and then build upon that. So I don't know. I mean, it got me thinking that, that maybe maybe we're just in that old school mentality. At least several of the people I'm seeing are thinking that they need miles, miles, miles. And it's not that way anymore. I mean, you look at a lot of training programs, organized professionally designed training programs and you're seeing eight to 10 hour work workout weeks, you know, that's for a high end. You know, I think you can do it in six to seven hour workout weeks and compete. So here's the other side of the argument. Okay. Now, okay. I'm going to play my own devil's advocate. I Pat Bulger need to lose race for the uh, weight for the upcoming race season. Will these base mile helps base miles help? Are they going to help weight? Not much lighter from the tour of Suffer Landry. And I mean, from knighthood, I did about 150. I didn't lose any weight, except for the sheds of my spirit that were broken. To be honest, I still say tempo, steady state, and even over-under intervals would be more beneficial in a quicker way to weight loss. I'd love to hear some opinions on this. Especially for those of you who are still out there doing those long rides, those long, 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 long spring rides. Now, is it a reason to get away from the wife and family because you need a break? Yeah, it could be that. Could be that. Camaraderie out there bashing it with your friends and coming home. You don't remember your own name, so you have a story to tell. Yep, been there, done that. Great stories. But is it going to fit your overall race season when you're doing circuit races and crits? Nope, it's not. So here's my theory. I think a cyclist could be highly competitive using intensity efforts and never going over three and a half to four hours, even with events lasting 75 to 80 miles. Bots, email me. Let me know. Info at packfiller.com 
or uh, Twitter or whatever, Facebook, whatever shit you do to get your message out there for people who don't want to hear it. Maybe you record a podcast. <laughs> so, um, to an- you know, to answer some of those emails about spring training, I, I you know, I, I don't know. I see, I see a lot of guys out there doing long miles and a fat ass like me is beating them in, in, in many of the races throughout the year. And that's great. You know, your legs look like veined marble. Congratulations. But I, because I did the intensity work and the speed work and, you know, time trial efforts, even hill climb repeats, uh, things like that. I, I've, I've got, I've got a good fitness base for the types of event I'm training for. It's got to be done with some brains. You can't just go out there and pedal circles and hope everything's going to work. <sighs> I feel better. I feel purged. Thirsty. <sighs> so, you ready for the top five list? Sure, Pat. We're ready for the top five list. Okay, spring is here. At least in terms of dates. Sorry for your East Coasters. I know that you're probably still chipping ice and shoveling it out. But you know what? Screw you. It's your turn. I feel it only appropriate to rank what I feel are the best one-day races on the spring pro cycling calendar. Spring. Uh, No, I'm not going to go spring. I'm going to go the whole year. I'm going to go the one-day races from the whole year. And I know a lot of you are going to get angry with me, and I, I hope you all respond with your, you're full of shit, Pat. This is a better race. This, this race is the best. This one's the best. And I'm putting these in order. So these are top five. All right? I'm starting from five and going to one. These are not simply random choices. I am grading them on a highly scientific scale. I'm considering tradition, the course, the weather, style of the victory, and the amount of drunken morons watching and contributing to the spectacle. Tradition. The beauty of the race, the entire spectacle that makes up that race in itself. And I know what you're all thinking is the number one, but you're wrong. You're wrong. No, you're wrong. It's not going to be that race. Okay? Here we go. <laughs> I love spell check because when I typed this in, it said something else. Number uh, number five. Okay, number five. A newbie. More or less a newbie to the crowd. Strada Bianchi. And if I pronounce it wrong, fuck you, I don't care. Strada Bianchi, that new kind of, well, I think it's new. It's fairly recent. It's kind of, it's new, but it's old. It's bringing back that retro style of racing. It's a pro race, incredible, great, huge distances, gravel freaking roads, and it's early season, so these long distances, and it's just epic. Do I get to watch it? No, you couldn't find it online in time. But everything I've seen about that race, perfect brilliant it's a great race and i think that race is one that could go up in the overall of this very list with a bullet in a couple years once it gets that that tradition element involved because it's it's cool all right so that was number five strada bianca bianchi whatever number four this is not a spring race and it's not a classic but I'm still putting it on the list because I'm making the list. You want to make a list? Make your own list. Put it under your pillow. You can sleep with it at night. I'm fine. Number four, the World Championships. Single day event. Nationalism galore, right? 
everybody's, you know, the one time you get all the riders and you put them back into national teams and they're fighting it out. I I love the world. And there's something on the line. There's not just the victory. It's the bragging rights for a year and probably a shitty season because of the curse of the rainbow. But I love the worlds. I always look forward to the worlds. Who's going to get the rainbow jersey for the next year? And, oh, shit, they signed for another team. So, like, Rui Costa going over to Lompre right after he won the world. So, and I remember um, um, Gilbert did that, too. He he won the Worlds, and then he got, he went over to BMC. So, BMC had to be like, yes, we get the yellow, I mean, the rainbow jersey for a year. We didn't even have to pay him to get it. So, uh, love the Worlds. Love the Worlds. Number four of the Worlds. Number three, and I'm it's it's kind of a tie here. I'm going number three because you, we cluster these together, the Ardennes Classics, uh, liege Piston liege and Flesh Wallone. Love those races, and they should, they should go higher on the list, but I don't know why they don't. Maybe it's because that time of year is when I'm starting to think about stage the stage races, the Giro, you know, kind of those types of races. Um, I love those races, one by attackers, one in an aggressive style, uh, Schleck's victories. Uh, Tyler Hamilton's victory was awesome. Um, I'll even say uh, David Re- Rebelin, or however you pronounce his last name. I try not to pronounce I pronounce it like American. Rebelin. Um, I, uh, I, those are great races. They've got the hills. They've got the tradition, and they're, they're just cool races to to watch it's that transition from the spring classics into the almost the early summer classics and their their beauty so we got five with strada bianchi uh for the world's third the ardennes classics number two that was a dramatic pause number two is perry roubaix yep no, no, I'm not. It's not one. It's number one. Perry Roubaix is number two. Why is Perry Roubaix number two? First of all, we'll talk about the good things about Perry Roubaix. Perry Roubaix is cool because it's Perry fucking Roubaix. All right. Cobbles. The cobbles. Oh, the forest of Arenberg. Watching those guys bash through there. Uh, the year when Lamont did it and he came and he couldn't even talk because his face was so frozen with mud. Watching yeah, Hincapi bash through the mud. Watching uh, uh, Gilbert Duclos-Lasalle um, in the deep, thick mud. Um, watching those Perry Roubaix over the year. Conchalara powering away. And um, everybody thinking he back in the year when they thought he had a motor on his bike, he was firing away so fast. Um just a great, great race and the tradition behind it. The only reason why it is not number one is because it doesn't really have any climbs and it's French. <laughs> no. uh, well, kind of. Um, beautiful race, beautiful race, but I don't think it deserves to be number one. You want to know why? Because I think the first, the, the best, the the Best classic on my top five list is happening very soon. Yeah. No. Yes. The Tour of Flanders. Belgians own Tour of Flanders. That is Belgium's own world championships. Belgium, you win that race as a Belgian, you have entered history books. 
you are a legend in Belgian folklore for the remainder of the days of this earth. You uh, and okay, it's got the cobbles, it's got the climbs, the climbs. That's oh shit. From a guy who can't climb's perspective, I I I am enamored with the Tour of Flanders, and it's it's epic. It's a, their attacks. It it is brought down to a sprint, but usually that sprint is a small group at most. It's it's everything beautiful about a classic race. Many times the weather's horrible. You get to that point where you, you know, if you don't make it up the climb, if you set a foot down, you can't get up. You, you see the old classic pictures of the guys running up, Audrey Vanderpool running up the climb with their bikes on their shoulders, cross style. It 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 is it is the quintessential spring classic or a classic, right? So if you think I'm full of shit. Email me. Tell me why you think another race deserves to be higher or lower on that top five scale. You're wrong, but that's the top five, okay? That is my ranking for the new Pack Filler podcast format. <sighs> Finally, folks, we've come to the rant. I need to make up little jingles in between these. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? The rant. Here we go. I finally watched the Armstrong lie. The documentary. Was able to catch it. Um, had bad people recommending I see it. Um, even even if you have experienced like the rest of us. You've listened to the show before. Um, drink. Uh, if you've experienced Lance and you, the entire story, if you've read Tyler's book, if you've followed um, the Andreos, who I think is the biggest tragedy out of all this, Betsy and, and Frankie, who have been, I think, pretty darn strong about all this. Um, and I respect Frankie. I used to host this show, this, I used to host podcasts with Frankie. Frankie's a good guy. Um, so anyway, um, I have a question. I have some thoughts about the Armstrong lie and the entire Armstrong scenario. And, and I'm going to start with a question. When is being a sociopathic asshole a crime? I'm sick of this topic. I felt I had to watch it. You want to know what I learned? I learned that Lance was and is a stern, pig-headed bully. I'm sorry, Lance. I'm not bashing your character. These are personal opinions. He set out on a goal and nobody was going to get in his way. All right? He destroyed people and he felt no remorse along the ways. He won. Yes, I said I won. He, I said he won. The tour, he won the tour seven times against a group of cheaters. He did. He cheated better, though, and he still feels his only crime and his only reason for coming out was that he, he wasn't able to race in triathlon. All right? I don't know if the man feels any remorse. I want to put this issue to bed. I want to finally let this go. Lance, you acted like a jerk, but if we took off all of the jerks and threw them into a fire, we would have a hell of a smoke problem. We don't have to like the people who win the events. We don't. But they still won the events, okay? How many, how many tour riders are having their tours stripped? 
many second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, fiftieth, sixtieth, seventieth riders are having their results tri- stripped? How many baseball teams are having their world championships taken away because they have an asshole on steroids? It's not. I, I don't. I don't care for Lance Armstrong. I. I. You guys. I fell into it full heartedly. I. I loved watching him win those tours. I, I I was all but waving the U.S. flag in the area, chanting, okay? And I feel cheated, too. Um, And I don't like him anymore. But does that mean he still didn't win the race? No, he still won the race. He pissed off some people along the way. He bought some people along the way. And he ruined some people along the way. He still won the races. So I recommend, if you haven't seen the film, and if you're not completely sick of the entire social, I mean, entire issue, um, it's a great way to kind of close the book for you, especially because you're watching now a 2020 vision. We're watching the events transpire after we know what was going on. I saw some footage of Bjarne Reese in the in the tour. Um, against Miguel Indurain the other day. And I somebody sent, I think it was uh, the Velominati guys posted that. And you're watching him go up and down the field like he was riding with a bunch of kids. And it's so, I just, I felt like such a dumb shit watching this now with 2020 vision, 2020 hindsight. Rent the movie or, or go see it in the theater. I think it's, yeah. That's see it, uh, the Armstrong lie, and um, it's interesting to take a story from a from an enlightened perspective, right? So there we are. A pack filler podcast is underway. I am Sir Pat. Actually, I'm not going to take it that seriously. You don't have to call me Sir Pat. Well, it'd be nice if you did. I just feel good about myself. Uh, racing season is here upon us. Um, hopefully we're going to get something out. I'll try to get something out to you for a pre tour of Flanders episode, because as I said, it's the best race out there. That is another pack filler podcast. I am Pat Bolger in the pack studios. We will catch you next time.